Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Physician Estate Podcast. This is your host Dr. Harsha Mule podcasting to you from Miami, Florida. I am the owner and operator of Physician Estate Platform. Physician Estate is a physician-owned real estate platform directed towards doctors in USA. We provide free real estate resources and investment opportunities to physicians. We facilitate physicians make wealth and keep wealth. You are currently listening to episode 18 of Physician Estate Podcast. In this podcast, we will be talking about six communication tips to reduce medical malpractice risk. A hospitalist's job is integrated into a mesh of multimodal communications between healthcare professionals. There is barely anything we do that does not involve constant communication. This part of the podcast is an attempt to identify high risk or gray zone communication areas that could negatively impact a patient's health and might land you your first malpractice lawsuit or claim. Getting on top of these topics is mandatory to help bridge communication gaps thereby avoiding fatal outcomes and malpractice claims. Let's dive into the details. I have divided this topic into 6 communication tips. The first one is between the hospitalist and the emergency room team. In this topic, let's talk about boarding patients. While the patient is boarding in the ER waiting for the hospital bed, who is the attending physician who takes care of a decompensating boarding patient? hospitalist or the er doctor pending workup er doctor calling for an admission while workup is still pending pending labs or images might determine the need for another consultant or service to be involved these things have to be clearly addressed with hospital administration er team and hospitalist teams next calling consults er doctor says i spoke to the cardiologist was cardiology officially consulted was it a curbside discussion was an electronic health record order officially placed does the hospitalist need to consult the cardiologist again it is key to discuss these topics next patient transfers confusion regarding services that may not be available at the hospital example liver transplant services not available at the hospital transfer patient to a tertiary care center versus keeping the patient in house what if a particular subspecialty is not available at the hospital Does the ER doctor push an admit to the hospitalist or will they be open to transferring the patient where the care is available? Next, attending physician. If the patient needs multiple specialists, who assumes the attending role? Next, ER team shift changes. ER handoffs are very important to eventually improve the quality of handoffs to the admitting physicians. Let's move on to point number 2, physicians and nursing staff communications. The first topic in this one is who calls consults the nurses or the attending physicians phone orders does the nurse place orders in the computer after receiving a verbal order or text orders read back protocols when verbal orders are placed communication platform standards lay out the rules of communication pager versus call versus overhead announcement versus a text message etc when do you use a particular form of a communication versus other next communication structure sbar also known as sbar situation background assessment recommendation is a proven and effective strategy you should use this structure while communicating with other healthcare team members moving on to the third topic communications between physician and physician handoffs are mandatory do you have a standardized written form of handoffs when you leave your shift to discuss pending labs pending consults your concerns etc to the physician taking over your patient next pending test follow ups who follows up on a test ordered by a physician that is about to go off service there is a traditional medical saying 
If you ordered it, you own it. So make sure you appropriately hand off these pending labs or tests to the incoming physician so you don't land into legal trouble. Next, documentation cannot be more important in this day. Make sure to document everything you do. It is probably the most extensive used mode of communication among physicians. Another famous saying is, if it is not in the chart, it did not occur. Documentation can be your best asset or worst enemy when it comes to legal issue. Do a thorough job documenting all you do and this will become the basis of claims defense. Next, inpatient and outpatient physicians. A well-established communication portal must be developed to enable clear communication between inpatient and outpatient physicians. Inpatient physicians can inform outpatient physicians about pending labs, consults, and the next steps of follow-up and medical management after a complicated hospital stay. Moving on to the fourth topic, communication between physician and patients or power of attorney. Importance of setting expectations. Letting patients and families know regarding roles of various treatment teams or consultants, sharing practical expectations of recovery, time frame, etc. Next, keeping patients, families, or power of attorneys in the loop. For patients who are unable to communicate effectively, their respective power of attorneys must be given regular updates either by you or a nurse or someone who knows the current treatment plan. Have an established process for this. Next, going to point number 5, Physician and the Discharge Process. Communicate with patient regarding new medication at discharge, changes to the prior medications, follow-ups with physicians. Next, follow-ups. Who sets up the follow-up appointment? Does the patient have to call a phone number to make an appointment? Does the physician's office call the patient? Having a clarity in this topic is vital. Next, written instructions. A detailed printout of instructions must be given to patients regarding final medication reconciliation and all the discharge recommendations, wound care, activity status, and dietary recommendations. If you are recommending a low-sodium diet and extensive education, Written instructions must be provided to patients regarding what this means. Moving on to the last topic, communication between physicians, hospital administration or leadership. Being a liaison, physicians are on the front lines of healthcare delivery. We are usually the first ones to notice any inefficiencies. It is our responsibility to liaison with the hospital administration or leadership to take up these issues. Next, protocols and processes. At the end of the day, process changes must be made to improve outcomes and hospital leadership plays a vital role in establishing a Swiss cheese model. What's a Swiss cheese model? When an unfavorable patient care event occurs, it can be noted that the event could potentially be avoided or nullified at several checkpoints. A well-known example of Swiss cheese model is still valid in this topic. When these multiple checkpoints fail to capture the error, all the holes in the Swiss cheese lineup leads to unfavorable outcomes. This topic highlights the need for system-based approach to mitigate unwanted outcomes. A comprehensive approach must be followed, involving a multidisciplinary approach to lay out all the possible error-prone areas, hold discussions in a non-judgmental environment, and come out with changes that have efficiency to prevent errors and detect errors at an early stage much before they can influence an outcome. For example, if the patient received the wrong medication in the hospital resulting in an adverse effect, there are several potential checkpoints that could be evaluated. Physician's knowledge deficit, negligence, fatigue from overwork, communication error, EMR technical issues, documentation errors, pharmacy review, telephone order inefficiency, etc.
Although most of the content presented in this podcast seems pretty basic, the goal of this podcast is to highlight the importance of topics that often fall through the cracks and eventually get physicians and patients in trouble. I hope that you picked up at least a few key points from this article to include them in your practice. Practice thoroughly, keep your patients safe, and you stay safe. That should bring us to the end of this topic. Thank you for listening to another episode of Physician Estate Podcast. In the next episode, you will be learning about patient injury severity scale for physicians. To receive more information on real estate resources for physicians and to get updates on investment opportunities with Physician Estate, please subscribe to our newsletter at physicianestate.com. On the same website, you will find two free new ebooks, ABCs of Real Estate Syndication for Physicians and How to Avoid Medical Malpractice Lawsuits. Signing off for now, this is your host Dr. Harsha Mule. Until next time, make wealth and keep wealth. Disclaimer. I am not a legal advisor or investment advisor. The content in this podcast is not investment advice. This is my personal blog and all the content found here is for informational, entertainment or educational purposes only. It should not be construed as personal investment advice.